0: Welcome to Seeing Beyond Risk, a podcast series by the Canadian Institute of Actuaries. I'm Jill Harper, Vice Chair of Communications on the CIA's Research Council. In this episode, we will be talking about a new study just published this June called Canadian Individual Critical Illness Insurance Morbidity Experience Study. This is the fourth CIA study exploring intercompany morbidity experience for Canadian individual critical illness insurance policies. You can find this study, as well as all other CIA research, by visiting the website at cia-ica.ca and navigating to the Research tab at the top, then selecting Research Projects. Today I will be speaking with Chris Piper, VP and Valuation Actuary in Corporate Actuarial at Munich Re Life Reinsurance Company of Canada and the chair of the Oversight Group for this research project. Chris also participated in the previous CIA critical illness studies and he was even involved in the original development of the expected basis used in all four studies. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, Jill. Happy to talk with you today.
0: Let's start with the project. Can you tell us a little bit about what the project was all about?
1: Yeah, sure. As you mentioned, this is the fourth experience report that's been done on individual critical illness experience in Canada. This report covers the exposure period 2007 through 2016, so any uh, complete policy years that had happened during that 10-year period. And then it builds on the prior report. The prior report covered the period 2005 through 2014, and so essentially it updates that report for some late claim development as well as adding an additional couple of years of experience. So in total it includes just over about 9,000 critical illness claims and about 3.3 million exposure units, so really building in, in credibility versus prior reports and studies as well. It's really well represented by the industry, so in total we have 11 companies participating in the study, which really uh, represents a very large majority of the individual policies sold in Canada.
0: What was the motivation behind this project? Really,
1: I guess the motivation is critical illness has become quite a popular product in Canada. It's been sold for probably about 20 years now, and there's a lot of exposure to the product in the industry. And the idea is to provide practitioners within the industry here and and other interested parties as well with some insight into the morbidity experience that uh, is emerging for critical illness in the industry. And so Years ago, as you mentioned in your introduction, a committee came together and created a, an expected basis, which was based off a of general population. And so at that time, we took a look at all the critical illnesses that were covered and tried to come up with incidence rates for the general population. And then, using that in all the four studies that have happened since, look at the emerging experience of the insured population within Canada versus that expected basis. So it really helps to just give those involved in whether it be pricing, product development, valuation, whatever aspect that they're focused on, some insight into some of that experience that is emerging to help them with their work.
0: Let's talk about those insights. What were some of your key findings?
1: As I mentioned, it is important to note that the expected basis for the study is general population. And so when you look at the report and you look at some of the actual to expected ratios that are emerging, they are well below 100%. And this is really expected because it's studying an insured population and it's really showing the effect of underwriting versus that general population. So in total, for example, the actual expected on the entire study was about 51%. So yes, it's reflecting the benefits of underwriting and so a healthier population. It's also reflecting differences in the insured population prevalence of smoking versus general population. So as I said, the expected basis is developed off of the general population And generally speaking, the prevalence of smoking within that population is higher than an insured population. And with smokers generally showing a higher incidence rate than non-smokers for a lot of the uh, critical illnesses involved, you'll see differences that emerge between those two different populations. Otherwise, one thing that the study does do is it, it shows experience in total for the full study period, but it also shows experience over successive five-year blocks of experience. So it tries to get at whether there's any underlying trends, whether it be improvement or deterioration in incidence rates. Generally speaking, it does look like there's a slight improvement, but it really is very slight. Otherwise, it studies the experience split by sex, by smoking status, then consistent with prior reports, it also breaks down the experience into various illness groups, So looking at your cancer group, your cardio group, and some of the differences there. And then also by face amount band. So do we see different experience emerging as the face amount of the policy increases or decreases? So it gets into some of that. And then also some of the experience by policy duration. Trying to get at, is there a wear off period for the underwriting involved with the product?
0: So we've mentioned the previous CIA critical illness studies. What did you do differently in this study compared with previous studies?
1: One thing we did do differently this time was we tried to focus on improving the readability of the report. So if you compare this study to prior reports, the one we've published now. It's a 12-page report and then with an appendix and a whole ton of different statistics and results presented in that format. Prior reports really had it all contained within one. And when we started off this new report, a lot of the people were the same people that were involved in prior reports. And we really wanted to improve that readability aspect. So we took a lot of the tables of figures and moved them to the appendix. And then additionally, we brought in other visuals within the report, again, to really help out with the readability. So there's additional charts, a heat map, things that just sort of help illustrate ideas or key observations a little more effectively than maybe we had done in the past. And just a really an overall more readable report I think if you were to compare this with prior versions, it's a more condensed and readable report, which was one thing we really had tried to focus on this time around. The results themselves don't differ materially from prior reports. It it does help to increase the credibility, so certainly the exposure and the claims are higher. Some of the underlying splits are becoming more credible, so that's very helpful information to practitioners. But generally speaking, I, I wouldn't say there's been a huge shift in underlying results.
0: Are there any next steps that you see related to this study?
1: So the study itself has been completed and published on the CIA website. We will be presenting the results of the study at the Appointed Actuary Seminar in Montreal in September. So I think that'll help. Otherwise, I personally hope there will be a next study, so a fifth study at some point in time. I don't know if that's part of current plans yet or not, but I do hope that we see that done by the CIA. I guess I had forgot to mention this, but I would like to thank everybody that was involved. So there's really a lot of time put in by everybody that was part of the uh, oversight group and especially uh, also Barbara Thompson, who really does all the heavy lifting in the background with the data and pushing it through the calculations and producing the report and all that. So a uh, special thank you to her. Yeah. Yeah, that's really uh, probably it in terms of uh, next steps.
0: You mentioned getting involved and I know it can be a lot of work, but it can also be very rewarding to be involved in studies like this. How can people get involved?
1: Yeah, uh, good question, Jill. It really is very rewarding. I've been involved in quite a few of these so far, as well as other CIA groups, and it's professionally very rewarding. And you get insight into how other people think, and you expand your network. And so I would really encourage people to try and volunteer. Uh, in terms of this specific study and future studies, of course, you can reach out to me or to anybody on the Experience Research Subcommittee or the Research Council, and we'll make sure to try and get you hooked up and uh, in involved in the next study.
0: Well, thank you, Chris, and thanks for joining us today and for sharing all of your insights with us.
1: Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you reaching out to me.
0: If you want to learn more about this study or about any other CIA research project, please visit the website cia-ica.ca and select the Research tab at the top, then choose Research Projects. Within the Research tab, you can also find a link to share your research ideas or comments. We always appreciate your feedback when we get it, so please don't hesitate. My name is Jill Harper, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Seeing Beyond Risk.